Okay. I'm good to record when you are, even though, as always, kind of free-balling it. You know, it's the best way to go. Raw dog. I, I mean, we're doing a movie review. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> free-balling. Um, yeah. Uh, we're doing a movie review, so I feel like we're okay to be a little out there. Yeah, I'm not worried. Hey, hey, bullshitters. Hey, bullshitters. That was my, that's all I got today, actually. <laughs> it's a Monday morning. We understand. We're coming to you fresh after Thanksgiving. We hope you had a lovely one in whichever ways you did or did not celebrate. Yeah, truly. Oh, my goodness. Ow. Listeners, I got something in my eye. Deepest, most sincerest apologies about Riveting. that. Riveting. We know. You're so <laughs> You're on the edge of your seat. <laughs> We just thought we'd pull up for a little fireside chat about the movie Tick, Tick, Boom since it came out on Netflix. I believe it was released. I don't have a date. I think it I think was November 19th. I don't that, know why I, had I a know nine. that. No, I had a nine in my head. So it's 19th was the Netflix date. Yeah. I think yeah, it was yeah. in theaters a little earlier than that. But who goes to theaters anymore? That's a serious question. I barely go to the theater at all anymore. Yeah, I haven't been to a movie theater in so long. I only went, I've only got a couple times for like the novelty of it, but I don't know many people who would go to theaters over Netflix anymore, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, folks. We just wanted to talk about it. I think it's getting pretty good praise all around, which makes me happy. I was not expecting too much when I sat down for this, even though I knew it had an all-star cast. I just didn't know how this was going to go. Yeah. It is Lin-Manuel's directorial debut. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Lynn is a recipient of the Jonathan Larson grant, which is a grant for new musicals and creators, which is a pretty big deal and prestigious. Yeah. How else do I want to lead into Tick, Tick, Boom? My mom said that she liked Tick, Tock, Boom. So mm. I just felt like that was an important piece of cultural uh, significance <laughs> to this movie, frankly. We'll, we'll figure out how to make Tick, Tock, Boom happen. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this – where do I want to start with this? That is so interesting. Okay. I think maybe Sondheim we start there. Yeah, I had a feeling. So we'll start the day off with a uh, may his memory be a blessing, Sondheim. <laughs> oh, Someone so very sad. So sad. Someone tweeted, like, did not prepare to be this wrecked by the death of a 90-year-old man, 91. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that happened this this week, no, it happened Friday. Like, Friday, this Friday. Oh God, I can't remember days. I you said it was Monday morning, and I was like, "Oh, that's true. I guess it is Monday morning. That's <laughs> wild." Yeah, um, we don't. I really just thought it was. No any details other than that. You just, you know, he's ninety-one or was. I and just thought it was wild what? seeing him, like seeing a, his character in Tick, Tick, Boom, and then yes. And I, Lynn recently posted his last email with Sondheim, which was about this movie. And he says, like, thanks for being a bright spot. I I am proud of and hope that I have given back to other artists what um, Oscar Hammerstein gave to Sondheim. 
The lineage, baby. The, the lineage. lineage. Which is so moving in this. And I, even being the massive Jonathan Larson fan that I have been my entire, you know, since nine years old, did not know about this Sondheim connection, which is explored in the movie. The mo- So Tick, Tick, Boom was originally written as a one-person show by Jonathan called Boho Days and posthumously was arranged into Tick, Tick, Boom to have different characters. This movie follows three different musicals pretty much historically, which is one of the first big musicals Jonathan was working on called Superbia, mm-hmm. which event, which was about aliens and had this intergalactic level and he workshopped all of it and they everyone was like, okay, it was really good. What's next? And they told him to write about his friends. So then came Tick, Tick, Boom. Well, then came a weird musical about him writing Superbia and it getting rejected, which I do feel is also incorporated into this story structure. And yeah. then came Tick, Tick, Boom, which also like didn't really get produced anywhere. Not much came of it, even though it was pitched around for a long time. Which is kind of crazy because Tick, Tick, Boom has taken over the like student circle a little bit, I think. I feel like yeah. I've seen a lot of like smaller theaters produce it. Or, like, student groups produce it pretty frequently. I had no idea that it was even a posthumous creation. Mm, I didn't know that until you said it just now. Oh, well, now I'm a little concerned that I made that up, but I don't think that's shy. I believe it's true. Uh, I was doing a lot of research while I watched this movie because I was fall. It was so nice to fall back into a Jonathan Larson hole with like mm. new info and content. I hadn't done that since I was 10 years old. And it was so, it was fulfilling then. And it was really fulfilling now, truthfully. I Aww. He's just one of my artistic idols. But yeah, so I thought this movie was a really interesting merge of a biopic and a movie musical, which I hadn't seen before when the musical content itself is not historic per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I did but like it, it is in its own way because he's writing about his friends and Rent, he's writing about his friends and he's kind of Mark a little bit and a little bit Roger. And this, like, he is a character. Yeah. you. It's. I mean, it's clearly which one is him. I just like that Lin-Manuel Miranda directed it a lot because the lineage is Oscar, Roger. Yeah. What the hell? Oscar, what is, why can I not think of the rest of their name? Hammerstein. Oscar Hammerstein and what's the other one? Rogers and Hammerstein. Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah, it's, it's Art Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein, I believe. Yes. Wow, my whole brain just imploded. That's it's insane. It's the Monday after Thanksgiving, folks, and we're getting back into it. <laughs> yeah, but it's them. They mentored Sondheim. Sondheim mentored Jonathan Larson. And then, like, a lot of people say without Larson's sound and, like, the structure of Rent, we wouldn't have had some of the, pr- the products Pretty that much we have anything from, pop. Yeah, well, specifically and, from Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Because he says that Rent was such a big influence on his journey, too. And one of the things I think in this movie is very present is that everyone in this movie, I think, feels called to Larson Mm -hmm. in in their own way and found him in their own route. And I think that really comes through in telling Mm -hmm. his story and in telling it so emotionally. And I think that's why I felt so at home watching this. Mm -hmm. And I felt so emotional watching this because I was like, oh, it's a community of people who just really get Jonathan Larson and really feel called to his work and understand that. And that was one of my early exposures. I read all of Without You, which is Anthony Rapp's memoir. And they talk about the experience of going through that process and having Jonathan 
Jonathan Larson die of an aortic aneurysm the night of Rent's first public performance, Mm. which Mm. is so – it's just – I always knew how tragic and – I'm going to say artsy, but I guess tragic (laughs) artistry that felt – But I think this musical amplified that even more because you see the quest he went on to reach that success, especially when you see him say, like, I'm going to change the face of American musical theater. And And it's crazy because he does. He does. And that that calling tortured him for so long and he never got to come out on the other side of it. Yeah, he never got to, like, really... Like, celebrate it it for himself, you know? Yes. Like, he... He changed the face of musical theater and he was never alive to see that. And yeah, I I don't typically care for Vanessa Hudgens in musicals. I thought she was great. <laughs> I thought they made her look great in the 80s. Like they styled her so well. She looking so cute. Except I would like to give a huge exception to any of the high school musical series. Obviously, Vanessa Hudgens kills that. I oh, can't. yeah, I do agree. That's completely separate. I just no think Tino we were like, there. <laughs> well, if she can do this, let's put her in everything. And yeah, meh. well, that's how we are with James Corden, too, which that's very true. I I'd just... like Huge shout out to Andrew Garfield in this. I I don't watch any like superhero franchises. And I'm saying that because I know if I say Marvel or DC, someone will come for me for whichever one I got wrong. So superhero franchises, I don't really watch. But I just so charismatic and so devoted and so Jonathan Larson in this and in this character acting. Yeah. I feel bad because he kept like, he kept going on for interviews for this movie and like he's obviously very excited about this movie because also Andrew Garfield is a bit of a theater person he like has worked at the National before like and he's been excited to talk about Tick Tick Boom and then he's there and they're like so are you in the new Spider-Man so how's Uh... the new Spider-Man coming how's Spider-Man Spider-Man and he's like I am here to talk about Jonathan Larson. I'm here to talk about Jonathan Larson (laughs) I haven't seen the clip that's gone viral about him talking about grief I think it's on Colbert but everyone's been saying how moving it is Andrew Garfield, an excellent bisexual man. Or maybe mm. pansexual? I don't know. Oh, Just I an don't excellent know anything man. about him. Yeah, everyone in this is really good. Like, every... I'm so... My my love, Joshua Henry getting a moment to shine, which I absolutely <laughs> love. I'm obsessed with Judith Light in all of her yeah. forms. Absolutely yeah. obsessed. And I... In paying an homage to Larson, I think they paid such an homage to the theater industry. Every single background cameo is a famous theater person. It was not in a gimmicky way, even in a just if we're going to make this movie about the theater community, we're going to have it filled with theater people. And Abby and I bitch frequently about putting celebrities into musicals. And I think this held that in the best way possible. Yeah, it was... It was actually, my parents were tired of watching it with me because I was like, do you know who that is? Do you know who that is? Do you know who that is? Do you know who that, who that, who that There it's were so many I missed because I was just like, you know, I was laying down watching this, trying to fill space. And when, of course, I saw them all in Sunday, but I didn't realize how many are sitting in the background in the musical workshop. Oh, yeah. Like every, everywhere you go. There's a great, scene. there's a great list on Slate of everyone, every cameo in this no. movie. And it's. The outreach is truly incredible. And past that, they incorporated new writers and composers and people in the theater field as well. 
Mm-hmm. Which I also liked in the Sunday scene, they t- tried to make some of them look a little bit like their most iconic recent characters. Yes. I thought that was very sweet and endearing. And especially Sunday is an homage to Sunday in the Park with George. In that song, it's almost a parody in itself. So to call on the theatrical form and then to call on different theatrical shows within that, I would I was just a wreck. Like I was like, <laughs> like I was gasping and it was so beautifully done i still haven't i know come come for me bullshitters but i haven't seen sunday in the park with george ever i know ever Ever? and there's like there's a live pbs recording that everyone talks about like they fall in love with so clearly i and my most respected mentors it's always their favorite show and i still haven't seen it i know i need to especially now in the wake of sondheim i went to the lot after watching this movie i went to the new york public library because they're doing a treasures exhibit and one of them was the original set model for sunday in the park with george that was built that's insane. I like I've seen I don't remember all of it very, very well, but I've definitely seen it a couple of times. Yeah, I'm it's on my list for this week to watch and I'm very excited about it. I'm also for my birthday. I'm seeing company and I, oh. I you know, when I booked the tickets, I had no idea Sondheim was going to die this week. Yeah, my friend. So uh, I'm ready saw, to sob. My friend saw Assassins and Company like the day after Sondheim died. A really interesting conversation about if we're ready for an Assassins revival in the wake of January 6th and the riots, which yeah. I thought was really fascinating. Sorry, side tangent, folks. But if you have thoughts, please write them into us. That maybe is... we maybe we need to watch Assassins soon. Also, really interesting discourse about whether or not Assassins is something that can be gender bent or should be gender bent. And I think that there's like valid arguments on both sides. Interesting. Interesting yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Assassins either, actually. So that would I would make be more interested sense. It's in known. In. Yeah, but so is Tick Tick Boom. And honestly, everyone's like the lesser known Larson musical. I was listening to the soundtrack for so like I know it's lesser known, but uh-huh. I loved this cast album. I'm sorry. <laughs> cast album not soundtrack (laughs) everyone wants to let me know (laughs) i get it right and i thought they incorporate i just there's so much joy i feel like in this music and rock in this music and Mm -hmm. deep lyrics i love 3090 and it's such a strong opener Mm -hmm. i love the way they filmed all of this and this rotation between the performance the history and the show itself yeah, the like, the like, someone's telling the story structure that that happened in in the Heights. I didn't like love it, but the way that it was someone overall telling the story of this and how it like tied it all together at the end, I did really very much enjoy the like actual structure of this movie, the way it went back and forth between. Um, his life versus the song that he very clearly wrote about his life in those specific moments. I thought that was really, really... And the dramaturgical work on this to pull some of these older songs that have not... Like, those songs are from Superbia and Mm -hmm. the, like, earlier recordings of it that they integrate into these workshop spots. I'm pulling up some names right now. So I was wondering, I was like, who wrote this? Because Mm -hmm. the dialogue is really interesting and added and the story format is so interesting. And Mm -hmm. his name is Steven Levinson. And you want to guess what he wrote? We love it. And it's a modern musical theater homage. And we we both love it completely. We both love it. We both love it. I don't know. I can't. He wrote Fosse Verdon. 
Oh, we do both love it. We And that makes perfect sense. I was like, oh, no wonder it's so good. He wrote yeah. Fosse Verdon. He also wrote the Dear Evan Hansen movie, um, which I thought was he did well with, honestly. So and he's kind I think he's kind of up and coming in the movie musical world. Hot so take, I'm really I still excited. haven't seen the Dear Evan Hansen movie. You should go see it. It's not as bad as everyone's saying. You know, it has some it reminds me of Cyberbully, the ABC family movie at certain oh. points. But that's the worst cringe, you know? And it could be a lot worse than that. <laughs> he also wrote Masters of Sex, which made me want to watch it because clearly I like this guy's writing style. Masters of Sex was actually a really good show. Everyone says that, but I've never seen it. So yeah. I'm excited to check it out because of this. Stephen Levinson, okay. we are big fans. Okay, Stephen Levinson. Yeah. Old star. He went to Brown, <laughs> of course. Oh, Good for oh, him. I wonder if good. he needs an assistant. Hey, Stephen Levinson, I know so much about musicals. Please make me your assistant. <laughs> yeah, I just, I was just so impressed by all of this. I, everyone jokes, um, I get, so we, we don't need to go through this whole song list because you'll see this movie and you'll love it and it's all a little different. But Green Green Dress, everyone jokes from the original cast album, like, how are you going to make this dress look sexy? Because he describes mm-hmm. it like 30 buttons down the back. And every so, I love this song. I mm. sing it. I bop to it. The community apparently hates this song. Oh, so I no. was not surprised at all to see it remixed into this R&B sex song in the movie. Oh, what's the tea with Green Green Dress? Why does everybody it's hate it? It's just weird. It's this weird. Have you heard the original? No, that's my tea though. Oh. Is I don't I've never heard the original Tick Tick Boom. Um, okay. a couple of weeks ago on on this Twitch live stream I did, I tried to tell I tried to say that Rent was better than Tick Tick Boom having never heard Tick Tick Boom and they oh, were interesting. like go watch the movie and I was like, "Okay, I will." And then I had to text I had to text this guy Graham and be like, "Look, I'm I'm sorry about that. That was on me. This is was very good. I I should make um I should make informed and educated assumptions. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I was talking to Queen of the Pod Vanessa the other day who uh-huh. didn't love how they handled the ending of this movie. She felt like it was very abrupt, like, and then he wrote Rent and died. But <laughs> I knew what was coming throughout this whole mm. musical. I knew that when he was trying to find the perfect song, that that song was come to your senses. Mm. I knew. I noticed the stuff they cut. Mm. And that... I, it was blissful for me because I was so shocked to see that they just did it all right. <laughs> I, yeah. was, I was sitting there with all of my dramaturgy and all of my love for Jonathan Larson and just to see it encapsulated and depicted in this was so moving. Every song is a bop. I'm really, they play game. The rap song mm-hmm. is an addition, but I think it was written for another show by Larson. I thought, I thought it was really cool and modern to add rap into this movie musical. Even, you know, someone could have said like, why, but I feel that it modernized it and provided contextual time periodization in a really interesting way. Mm. I also was like, of course, Lin-Manuel Miranda is working on a movie. He's going to have to sneak some <laughs> musical rap some into rap. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really just loved all of this, I loved that they made Come to Your Senses a duet instead of a solo piece as it typically is. I love the therapy scene. Again, I knew what was coming. So the minute they started to fight, a really interesting um, part about this, I think it was a writer or someone that Lynn showed Tick, Tick, Boom to mm-hmm. in that fight sequence where she's telling him like, okay, and he hugs her. He's like, I love you. I want to figure this out. And he starts tapping on her back. Mm-hmm. And she goes oh, you're using, like... You're writing a song. You're writing about this. And the guy that Lynn showed it to was like, that's too real. You can't show that. (laughs) You can't out people like that to show us writing. Like, that's 
that's the fire. And so I also grew up with a dad who does that a lot too, who like plays chords on inanimate objects. So it was really like, oh, he, I just think there was so much care taken with us. And I can tell that it came from the heart. I can tell that it came from artists who mm-hmm. wanted to talk about artistry. Have to shout out my girl, MJ Rodriguez, who got to mm-hmm. be in this. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if, if you don't know who that name is, she was our Audrey when we watched Little Shop on our mm-hmm. second episode ever. I, yeah, I know this is outside the structure of our typical review, but I would just encourage everyone to experience it and then speak to us about it. Let us know how you're feeling in this. I, I just really liked it. And I think with movie musicals, they exist more as a piece than they do numbers almost, especially this one. Interesting. I, what do you? Say more. What do I mean by yeah? I don't think because I don't think everything. I don't think every movie musical is like that. I will say this movie musical because there is so much layering and a lot of snippets and a lot of history behind it too. That these numbers don't stand by themselves because there is so much like Mm. oh this is actually from Superbia. This is from Tick Tick Boom. Oh we hear the intro to Your Eyes, which is from Rent in this number. Mm. And I think in Boho Days too, or not. it's no more and no more. It's which is also the intro to the opening number of Rent, which I think is interesting musically. I, yeah, I loved the I could get used, even seduced. I could get used to this, which is also no more showing the New York apartments. I thought that was really cultured and gritty and truthful and and to show like all that space again and them singing Uh about that. I think New York culture is really well ingrained in this movie as it Uh is in Larson's life. New York culture. (laughs) Come on over, come on over, Abby. Uh, Get me a job, get me a job, bullshitters. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought this was a beautiful homage to theater done in all the best ways, truthfully. I primarily have praise. I thought the changes that they made were really interesting and all served the movie. I don't feel that there were changes that were made just to make changes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is very rare in musical adaptations. Like, there was nothing there that you felt like was just trying to trim off time. Because I feel like that's the biggest thing that they do is try and trim off time. Or try to change to be stylistic, per se, which, like, I think was done here because changes were made to tell the historical story that they're telling. Mm -hmm. But this, this form was just so interesting to me and new. Mm -hmm. I I I can't think of anything else that does this. You know... This is sort of what I would want from, like, a, a, a Rent movie also. I know yeah. we have one, um, mm, yeah. and it's good enough, but this is more what I would Because it, yeah, it just felt so intimate despite the fact that it was a fictionalization, you yeah. know? And, yeah, I just think the spirit of Jonathan Larson was extremely preserved throughout this and I I didn't expect it to be and so props to Lynn we I feel like it made me contextualize Lynn a little differently because I know we like to playfully hate of course and like his theater kid energy can be very cringe but I think (laughs) this was a way in which his theater kid energy really shined from a genuine place yeah the balance of like being cringe versus actually genuinely loving theater is a very careful one a hundred percent 
one that I don't think that I even have mastered, quite frankly. Um, but I look to Lynn in this moment <laughs> as, a, I, as a guide. <laughs> and what a, what a privilege and what a task to memorialize your hero. Mm-hmm. And what a success in doing it, in my opinion. Yeah, I really have. It made me want to act again, and I haven't had that feeling in years. Like, I don't you know. I was like, oh, the artistic process? Being yeah. called to a piece? Yeah. What's that like? What is that like? Oh, yeah. gosh. Oh, gosh. I'm not the kind of content watcher that, like, watches something and then feels, like, inspired to perform, per se. Mm-hmm. And this really did that for me, probably because it was Larson, obviously, but... No, I had to go journal after this. I was like, thank you, parents, yeah. so much for sitting with me for this one. I have to go sit with my thoughts for a little while, digest a couple of things, you know, just figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I I think everyone can get something different from this movie and still love it and enjoy it. I think it's filmed really well. I think it looks great. I think, yeah. I what do you, what would moved. you say is the the one, like, takeaway lesson that you got from it this time that is so interesting a few things Mm -hmm. I think as of course the takeaway aspect of a dream that calls you and that calls you so deeply that people don't understand it that people think you're ravaged or ill-adjusted and you you just know that this is within you in the Mm -hmm. ways that Larson did. And that has always been very inspiring to me. That journey, that arc has always been very inspiring to me. I have a takeaway in form. I think the story structure of this was so interesting and I'm inspired to see more musical, movie musical adaptations that disrupt the form, that add Mm -hmm. in historical elements, that tell us something dramaturgically, which Mm -hmm. we usually do not get. Mm Mm-hmm. And and the timelessness of good art. Mm -hmm. These songs are old. This Mm -hmm. music is old. This story is old. And it is still so, it is still gutting. And it still feels emotionally resonant and fresh. And maybe because it hasn't had time to get stale. Because it's not as produced. But I, my heart rested in a really nice spot with all of this and feeling as if the theatrical legacy was actu- actualized and Jonathan's legacy was actualized and that he would be very moved to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are my takeaways. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the reason I loved it was that I coming from a spot that I like Larson, but you, you're the one who like loves Larson. My biggest takeaways were like, uh artistry doesn't really have an age you know because she because he was writing suburbia for eight years and he just never gave up on it and he was stressing about turning 30 and like and Sondheim was 27 when he had his first something on Broadway and blah, blah 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 and I think despite the mental health we all like preach or whatever we all do compare ourselves yeah and so it was kind of nice to see you know the the man who did effectively change the sound of the American musical theater, like also having similar 
like struggles or jealousies that I feel I have at a younger age, you know? Yeah. I don't think you have to. I always push for Abby to be nicer to themselves. So I, I don't think Abby's a very jealous person. I think Abby's a very driven person figuring out their path in this world and figuring oh, out how no. it exists alongside others. But her felt understood. Thanks, Cassidy. Thank you so much. Yeah, bullshitters, you should be nicer to yourselves too. We can all yeah. do it together. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Just moved and, and gutted to hear 3090 and know he died at 35. I know. I know. That was the, oh, like knowing that throughout the whole thing was actually a a touch painful. (laughs) Yeah. Also, shout out to who played Michael. He was fantastic. Robin de Jesus. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. And the writing in that monologue of my community and my people are dying and Uh I am going to as well. So how dare you speak to me about being corporate when I may as well live nice when everything else is being ripped from me. Gutting, dramatic, truthful, felt. I feel like we are getting sometimes our dialogue around HIV and AIDS just gets a little tropey or Mm. archetypal, or it's just kind of lies in the same place. I felt that was a differing and interesting perspective that made, that just made me feel. Yeah. I just, ugh. I honestly didn't realize that Larson wasn't queer. Yeah. There are people, and we can address this, there are a lot of people who have problems with that. Who said this is a white, straight man who told queer stories and stories of color And why does he get to have the credit for it? And there are other Mm -hmm. people who say he paved that platform and he was one of the first people to write trans characters or characters that bent the gender binary if we don't want to label Angel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And and telling these, he was, he put them out there and we Mm -hmm. can't fault him for doing that with his positionality per se. I also think these were his friends. Yeah. At he the end them, of the day, he's writing about his friends. Yeah, he was writing, he was in, instructed to write what he knew, and so he wrote his friends down. And I think that is a little bit different than somebody attempting to write stories of color and stories about queer people in an attempt to, like, you know, gain more. Yeah, yeah. for more commercial Absolutely. reasons. And I think it's significant that these were his friends, even existing as a white straight male. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I that has always been moving to me and I understand that I am biased in that because this is a man I came to know and love for a long yeah. time. It I came mean, to know, you know, yeah, but I, not personally. Yeah, my iPod <laughs> Nano and I spent a lot of time with him. But oh my god. Yeah, I thought everyone's truth was very well depicted and authentic in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was very moving. Um I'm going to watch it I again have... after this. I know it. <laughs> I'm probably going to watch it with my roommates because I watched it at home, but I can make my roommates watch this for sure. Um, I do have one small game for you, Cassidy. And it's not related to Larson. It is related to Sondheim. We're going to close out. Oh, yay. We're going to close out with the Sondheim game, folks. Um, There's two questions. One, do you know how many Tonys Sondheim won? (gasps) Oh, I totally don't. I know he won something for the lyrics in West Side. I, I'm just gonna take a random guess. I'm gonna say eleven. He won eight. Okay. Um, can you guess what they are? Sunday in the Park with George. Um. Mm-mm. 
Sunday didn't take a Tony. Are these best musical Tonys? Are these like writing? Uh, I've got one best They're musical very... and I've got six best original score, music and or lyrics. Okay, so West Side. Mm, no West Side on the Tonys? Not West Side. Company won something. Yes, Company did win something. It won best original score. Okay. Oh, a little night music won something. Mm-hmm, Where mm-hmm. are the clouds? Merrily We Roll Along won something, even though it was a flop. It did not. It was nominated. Okay. Well, it was a flop. <laughs> it was a flop. <laughs> Into the Woods had to have won something. Is Into the Woods the best musical winner? That's my bet. Uh, Into the Woods is the best original score. You're going to have to go significantly older for his best musical winner. Oh, gosh. This is bad in his memorial, and I'm blanking on his material. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's not good. (laughs) Did Finishing the Hat win something? Finishing the Hat is a song in Sunday in the Park with George. I thought... There's something with a hat in his show. Finishing the hat is this is the song in Sunday in the Park with George that um that George something? sings. Oh, no, I, I know that, but I thought I don't know. <sighs> no, I'm out, Abby. Tell me the Tony wins. Alrighty, according to the BroadwayWorld.com website, which I just Cite also want to take a second to say, BroadwayWorld.com. I am begging you. I am screaming. I am crying. Please modernize your website. It is 2020. <laughs> fucking one it's 2022 in just a month i have tears in my eyes your website is so inaccessible (laughs) it is so poorly designed it is so bad like um, i get it we're theater people we don't understand how the internet works we don't really understand totally how video works sure we deal in the space with the art with the people we're with but maybe we hire somebody from Google just for like a week because I'm sure they could make it so much more easy to use. Anyways, thank anyway. you. 1963, we've got Best Musical for Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Oh, duh. Another musical I've never seen. I'm missing a lot of st- Sondheim from my rep. Um, well, Sondheim is hard to sing in auditions. Fun I'm, fact, I actually. mean more like the rep of what I've watched, but oh, also in my musical rep. Just a fun tidbit for listeners, if you're considering audition materials, um, I've generally been told to actually stay away from Sondheim material, unless it's specifically a Sondheim show, because it is very hard to sight read for the pianist, and you're Mm. likely to have some more technical issues pop up than you would with something that's a little bit more um, quicker to read for the person who's like only getting your music 30 seconds before you sing. When I'm asked for Sondheim style at auditions, I sing mm-hmm. Moon Song from Mystery of Edwin Drood. Oh. Feel free to steal that, folks. That was a really good rec for my voice teacher when I was younger. That is a really great rec. Damn. Yeah. Um, but we've got, in 1971, okay. we've got Best Original Score for Company. Um, cool. This one won twice. This is listed twice on the Broadway World website, so I don't know what's up. Okay, 1972. Maybe, maybe. 1972, we've got Best Original Score for Follies. 1973, we've got mm, Best Original Score... Follies. Four. That's too bad. A Little Night Music. That's my fave. Yeah. Um, 1979, Best Original Score for Sweeney Todd. Oh, How did I not say Sweeney? Sweeney's pretty great. 1988, we've got Best Original Score for Into the Woods. 1994, Best Original Score for something called Passion, which are Sweetheart of the Pod, Tyler Joseph Ellis was oh, in. Oh, love to Tyler. 
Yeah, he's you know he's working Tyler's through it. Yeah, he is. He's 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 getting through it. I thought of um, him immediately. <laughs> and in 2008, um, Sondheim won the Special Tony Award for a Lifetime Achievement in mm. the Theater. That There's was people his... who want to rename the award the Sondheim Award now. Yeah, which I I get it. He's an old white dude, but he really kind of is, or I guess was, the Shakespeare of our time. I could, yeah, I just, what a legacy, what a life, what stories. I, he was supposed to be working on a new musical. I can't remember what it was called. I remember Tyler posting about it. Yeah. But yeah, I think back to our company episode as mm-hmm. well. Everyone who wants to give that a listen, there's a lot of great Sondheim information in there because of Sweet Tyler. And yeah, I don't know. I think about because he thought about his legacy a lot because he he didn't want gay company to be the last thing he produced because he was too nervous. And I and he and he spent his last week alive seeing a lot of theater company opened last week and it's not uh. open previews. He saw Dana H was the last show that Sondheim saw, which is a play that's out right now. People have mixed thoughts. Yeah. It's just that, you know, oh, sweet Abby. That's how I felt all week, honestly. I didn't expect to be this affected, and I no. was immediately very emotional about Yeah, I felt the same way the when Neil Simon died. I was like, this is mm. too much, actually. But yeah. now we get to Aww. step up and be the next generation of that, I guess. Yeah, sweet Abby. It's, <laughs> it's interesting to be of this age and see some of your heroes pass away, you know? Yeah, truly. Um, and on that reflection yeah. point, <laughs> on that really positive note, <laughs> do something nice to to honor your heroes. Give people their flowers while they're still alive. Honor yeah. new musical writers and composers and playwrights. Write us a review on Apple Pod. Yeah, that would 100%. be very nice. Sondheim would have wanted you to review. Yes. Us. He told Sond- us that specifically. He Steven emailed Sondheim us. <laughs> wrote us on his little typewriter and used his big vocabulary to say it would be salubrious. If- <laughs> <laughs> if you could just give them a great listen share like subscribe all the things you know where to find us bullshitters yeah if you want to send us good Sondheim memories please do we'd love to read them aloud oh that would be so sweet all right folks or favorite lyrics we'll take those too if you have a, a resonant Sondheim lyric that sticks with you to this day or tattoos we will to any and all theater related tattoos actually please yeah. send to the pod so we can maybe judge them but also see them <laughs> and share in them yeah for sure for sure have a lovely week bullshitters have a lovely week bullshitters thank you Varun thank you Sarah Lassert thank you Liza K yeah Thanks, guys. We really appreciate you, and we appreciate the emails lately very, very, very much. Bye.